Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Wednesday. I would say it's party time, but not wearing these clothes. Uh, gosh, it's uh, it's awesome that as soon as we start taping here, somebody started mowing my grass. And when I say somebody, I know who it is. Uh, Joe Biden fell down the stairs again. There's absolutely no point in showing that footage. You know what it looks like at this stage in the game. If you're continuing to support that uh, sack of goo, then um, the, you need all the prayer you can get. Brandon? George, you guys doing okay there in the studio? Y'all hanging out? Doing all right. Powering through, you know. Powering through. It, was it was it an early morning, late night? What happened to you? Uh, no, no, no. We're just, you know, the high of having Tiffany Gomez in the studio last night, you know, <laughs> as exhausting as the all hullabaloo. Well, it was interesting to watch. Uh, of course, Tiffany Gomez is the girl who got on the airplane and then summarily got off by saying, <laughs> and she went crazy viral about whoever, whatever it was she saw on the back of the plane. Yep. Um, it, Alex Stein had her on his program last night where he proposed to her. He did. Um, bold move. <laughs> uh, from start to finish, every clip of that that I saw from him going out to get her in the lobby of the Blaze Studios and bringing her a rose to introducing her to the green room, which, of course, had rose petals all over the floor. He really I mean, like we know he uh, needs a simpervention. And he has a real <laughs> soft spot for blondes and just crazy women. But he really went all out for uh, Tiffany Gomez last night. Oh, what was, he, I mean, he broke out the Olive Garden. He did a little bit of everything. Yeah. And I've never seen a woman consistently act so uncomfortable with every <laughs> projection of affection that I saw. <laughs> I mean, she was uncomfortable in the in the. It, I mean, like she's trying to because you have to go through security to come into the blaze, and you got to plug yeah. all your information in. Um, and so she's trying to get that done, and he's out there playing, you know, the bachelor or whatever. And then, yep. yeah, she was uncomfortable the entire time. Did we ever find out? Because I haven't watched the episode yet. Did we ever find out what she saw or didn't see on the plane? Do we? Anybody know that yet? Allegedly, she didn't see anything. It was a disagreement over. I guess headphones. Okay. Now, all right. I don't know. I don't know if I buy it, but I get not wanting to be the person who was hallucinating reptilians on the plane, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> who was having her whatever meltdown that she was having. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, you know, good get, good get by Alex. She's a, she's a hard person to get a hold of. Um, and I think she's in the Dallas area. I hate that that was the one day that I chose to not be in the studio. My my girlfriend was actually jealous that I was not there um, <laughs> because I'm pretty sure I could probably get a hall pass on that. I, I, I'm not quite sure the fascination that everybody has. She's a beautiful lady. Don't get me wrong. She's a beautiful person, but she was cool. Um, she was fun. She she yeah. played along. She wasn't overly terrified by the end. But of course, yeah. no one well, knows what they're signing up for when they go on with Alex. Nobody ever knows. I don't. No. I don't know how anybody doesn't do a little uh, proof checking of the Alex Stein show before yeah. they agree yeah. to go on that <laughs> show. Um, China is here. This is Red Dawn at this point. This is we have been invaded, as we've known and we've talked about. Uh, they cleaned up the streets of San Francisco. Gavin Newsom gave his non-excuse excuse as to why they did it. They got the homeless off the street, cleaned all the fecal matter up. I mean, it's, it's San Francisco, once a beautiful, great city in America, has become just putrefied. Uh, a place where they actually hand out fecal maps so that if you're touring the city, you actually know where not to go. Um, I'm sure there's some neighborhoods that they will not be taking uh, President Xi to visit to get out and walk around with the locals. 
So, um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know what it's all about other than, well, I do know what it's all about. Gavin Newsom is the disciple of Xi Jinping. He is reading from the Communist China Manual. Uh, it is the People's Republic of California. San Francisco has now become Red China. And uh, if you see the clip of them, just Xi Jinping, I don't know when he got off the airplane, it really pissed me off. He's very happy to be there, very Winnie the Poohish, you know, waving, oh, bother. And then he goes down, he greets Gavin Newsom, who looks like a kid that just found his long lost father. Um, and I don't know, maybe he's here to export some more oil. He can get it directly off of Gavin's head. But uh, there we are with uh, there we are with Xi Jinping. And, and here's the thing about the whole deal. And, and actually, go ahead and play. So just so if you haven't seen it, it's disgusting. Play clip number five. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but if you look, there's Chinese flags everywhere as the uh, dictator's motorcade comes down the uh, street there in San Francisco. Probably the cleanest San Francisco's been in a long time. Nothing but uh, CCP, CCCP flags, uh, CCP flags. Um waving proudly. Now, the thing that is noticeably absent is there's not a single American flag, no stars and bars, no old glory, no red, white, and blue, anywhere to be seen in that image, nowhere. The other thing that is conspicuously absent are protesters. I thought this was the age of protesting. I thought this is what we do now. I thought when you have manufactured oppression that everybody takes to the street. And what I've discovered about Americans is uh, we've gotten so soft shell. We don't go out and protest real things. We, we manufacture things to protest. So I don't know where the climate change protesters are. I mean, you would think that this would be the perfect platform for a Greta Thunberg, who remember when she gave the evil stare at the at the UN uh, when Donald Trump walked into the room. China and India are the two largest polluters of the globe. Why isn't somebody calling them into account? You would think that Xi and his shitty country would be right at home in San Francisco with the homeless and the garbage right there in the gutters and on the sidewalks because they are the chief uh, sewage producers, garbage producers, they, they have zero accountability. So where are the protesters for climate change out there, you know, when Xi is going down the street? They're nowhere to be found. Another conspicuously absent group is the pride group. Where are the LGBTQ plus group, the people who should know by now uh, that it's a perfect opportunity to go wave your rainbow flags when in communist China, you can be gay. You can be gay. They'll let you be gay, but you can't get married. Um, and I mean, it's legal to be gay, legal to be gay, but you, uh, it's not legal to get married, not legal to live together. You can't cohabitate. You can't do any of that stuff in public. That's not allowed. That's unacceptable. So where are those protesters? And another group, that's wildly absent are the human rights people. Where's my BLM people? Where's my pro-Palestine people? Where are the people out there raising their fists and swinging their banners about how people are being harmed in human rights violations? Because as you all know, China uh, still enslaves millions upon millions of Uyghur Muslims. Their religion has been taken away from them. They've been forced to assimilate, uh, forced rape, forced sex, forced abortion, forced 
uh, sterilization. The atrocities are horrible. Those of you out there wearing uh, lipstick today have a Uyghur Muslim to thank for that. Our, our textiles in America that we utilize, all of those made by Uyghur slaves. I mean, this is a human atrocity. You want to talk about a humanitarian crisis. Where are the protesters? Why isn't AOC out there standing behind one of those fence rails crying her eyes out because of all of the sadness and atrocity that's being done to Uyghur Muslims? I thought we were pro-Muslim now. I thought that was the whole deal. I thought we were supposed to be standing on the side of oppressed, colonized Muslims. Not just colonized, but in China, they're actually enslaved. Where's my protesters? Come on, people. Are we not really going to stand up against actual atrocity? Or are we going to sit here and continue to manufacture our oppression in America in the safety and comfort of our first world uh, secure zone? It's disgusting to me to see this stuff. It really is. So. I think that, uh, you know, I think that uh, he ought to take Xi over to Bayview around about 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock tonight. Get out of the, of the motorcade, walk around with the locals, you know, hang out, see how that goes. See what happens. Dro- you know what? Roll down to Oakland. Head down to Oakland and see what's up. I mean, that ought to be a fun little journey. Give him a little bit of that California Central Coast culture. Yeah. But it's, it is amazing to me, Brandon. I don't know. You know, it's San Francisco. Brandon, surely they could have found one gay person. Probably. I mean, I mean, it is ironic that this is the best San Francisco's looked in a decade. <laughs> right? Can and we, I bet it smells. I bet it smells a lot better. Oh yeah. Can we send him to a few other major cities and see if we can? We found the cure to homelessness. It's uh, the communist dictator coming to visit. And you know where you know where those homeless people probably are. Uh, there, the, a lot of them are probably put in the hotels. Uh, and as um, as uh, our friend Frank Easterling said on yesterday's show, they probably gave them some drugs, promised them a high, gave them a little money, but they cleaned them out, got them to go wherever they wanted, let them like a carrot on a stick. A lot of them, um, are, you know, have been probably moved to the hood a little bit, so they'll be back. I mean, I, I want to follow up on this story in a week, and I want to see some some real live footage maybe we can pull some street cams from san francisco and see what's going on in a week i want that same street let's brandon do me a favor a little homework here let's uh let's figure out from that footage what street they're on i'm sure one of our loyal viewers listeners can send us a message go to our podcast or offer give us a rating and review and in that review tell us what that intersection was uh we could probably figure it out i haven't looked close enough but uh, those of you San Franciscans, why don't you tell us where that is? But next week, Brandon, here's mm-hmm. what I want to do. I want, to, I want us to get a, an image. Let's see if we can get a live footage image of that same that street, street corner, that same intersection. Yeah. I think that would be some telling journalism right there. Just because we all know what we're going to see. You all know what you're going to oh, see. without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I would think that you could find at least one gay person that wants to speak out for LGBTQ rights uh, there in San Francisco. Surely somebody in the leather pants can slip out of the late night discotheque and come down to the street and tell everybody that Xi Jinping is in the wrong for the way he's running China when it comes to gay rights. But no, they won't come out there and do that. Now, they are too busy dealing with manufactured oppression here in America. You know why? Because they can get away with it. Oh, it just pisses me off to no end, dude. It absolutely pisses me off to no end. And there's people who say, well, Chad, why don't you go protest? Bitch, that's what I'm doing right now. I mean, I don't know why you think I got dressed up. Look, I even wore a red red tie. I'm protesting China. I'm standing in solidarity against China. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is off red right here. That's not communist red. That's off red. Off with the Chinese. Off with the communists. Let's go. Off red. That's my new. That's my new thing. I, I'll tell you. Uh, listen, we honestly we could be deplatformed for saying any of this stuff. If, and I've already said these things on social media. Follow me on Twitter at WatchChad or X. Uh, follow me on Instagram at WatchChad. Go check it out. See what's going on because I'm posting all of this stuff. You want to see the images? You want to see the footage? You want to see what's happening in, in California with uh, San Francisco? Go over there and take a look at my images, my videos. You'll see exactly what's going on. It's absolutely disgusting. A lot of the stuff I'm sharing is going viral. It's out there. People are sharing it across the board. And um, Let's expose this stuff. I could be deplatformed from deplatformed from any of that right now. I got a very big platform. All of that could be taken away from me. So I'd say I got some skin in the game on this deal um, by by speaking out against it. I put it on TikTok. I put the same crap on TikTok. TikTok is owned by China. People say, well, Chad, you sell T-shirts that are made in China. No, the hell I don't. And I don't sell hats that are made in China. In fact, the only thing I use from China is your mom. So how about that? How about that? Oh, but Chad, you were doing so good until you said that. Was I? Was I? I'm pissed off. Uh, hey, guys, you know we're up against another shutdown, another government shutdown later on this month. A lot of you are saying, bring it on. But hang on. The guys up top in the Beltway, they're those wise leaders in Washington, D.C., um, you know how they're going to deal with that? With more spending. And while, you know, those lawmakers are out there high-fiving each other, your savings account is going to continue to lose value because their spending is going to weaken the dollar. And that means your savings account is going down as long, along with your retirement and everything else. So I want you to diversify. Diversify with gold, with the help of Birch Gold. When you open up a gold IRA for $10,000, if you do that by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Just text CHAD, I spell it Chad, to the number 989898. Claim eligibility before Black Friday. Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a gold IRA for no money out of pocket and you still get the free gold bars. So don't let your savings become a victim of further devaluation of the dollar. Text Chad to 989898. Receive a free info kit on gold and claim your eligibility. Do it before Black Friday to receive the free gold bars on your qualified purchase. Before Black Friday, do it. Hang tight. We'll be right back. I don't know how anybody, I don't know how anybody wears this crap every day. Um, it's horrible. It's un-American, I'll tell you. Uh, get my tie straight. There it is. Uh, China. Um, you know, it, it's concerning, guys, when, when you take a look at not only what we allow to happen in this country, but uh, the stuff that we turn a blind eye to, this this thing going on with Xi Jinping, in, and, and again, there are those with, with Trump derangement syndrome in my social media comments who love to say, well, Trump met with Xi Jinping. And I, yes, he did. Of course, he has to. That, the, the role of the president is to meet with foreign leaders, foreign dignitaries. That, that is the role. You have to do that. That is foreign diplomacy. That is foreign relations. You have to do those things. But to, it's different from saying, OK, we're going to meet on neutral ground or I'm going to go there or you're going to come here. But it doesn't mean we're going to embrace you as an ally or, or put our stamp of approval on your 
your ideologies or the things that you believe in and, and in essence, turn a blind eye to the atrocities of what you're committing, what your goals are and what your ambitions seem to be when it comes to our own freedoms. So I've seen people say, well, all those people out there in San Francisco standing on the street, they're just waving. Those are Chinese people waving the, the Chinese flag. OK, well, then go back to China. There's a reason why you live in America. You may be a Chinese American, but there's a reason why you live in America and not in China. So stop raising and, and waving that damn flag. Uh, you know, you, you take a guy like a uh, perfect example, Yao Ming, who was, you know, the most famous Chinese NBA basketball player, maybe the only one. Hell, I don't know. But obviously he was very well known. I mean, as a seven foot two Chinese guy comes to the comes to America, has to uh, has to, uh, you know, play in the NBA. They pay millions of dollars. And you know where most of that money goes to? It went back to the Chinese government. They had watchers. They had people making sure that he behaved. They had people making sure that he paid his taxes, his tithe, his money, his his uh, whatever his homage right back to uh, his homeland, which was communist China. And so. If you're living here and you're still a Chinese citizen, you make you earn an income here. Guess what? You still got to pay the piper. You got to pay the you got to pay the boss, the dictator, the dictator, the overlord. You got to send money back to China. So if you love China so much and not the American way of, you know, of living and you don't want to assimilate as an American citizen and live an American lifestyle, go back to China. It's that simple. It's that simple. But Chinese people are, no, no, I guarantee you they're not going to take Xi Jinping down to Chinatown and see if they could find him some fried rice. That, that, that's not, that, again, everybody say, well, that, that would be racist to do that. Why? Because so much of it is Americanized. So much of it, they're not, you know, in Chinatown is one thing. I mean, it's reasonably authentic in San Francisco's Chinatown. But, but imagine... I mean, I don't think they're going to take him over to the buffet. They're going to, not going to take him to the, you know, happy family across the street from. <laughs> oh, I could go off on this thing forever, dude. Pisses me off, Brandon. Brandon, piss me off, dude. Um, I, uh, I don't know how you guys feel about that deal, but I think I think if you want to be an American, be an American. You know, that's uh, just that's just the way I feel about that whole deal. All right. Um, Texas A&M, Greg Abbott the governor of Texas, he ordered state universities to end their diversity statement requirements earlier this year. But there's a new investigation that finds these departments are still hiring based on ideological conformity and racial preferences. For instance, Texas A&M. Texas A&M, they've been playing this double game uh, since its extensive commitments to diversity, equity, and inclusion were exposed last year. So on one hand, this is from a Blaze Media article, blaze.com. From the new website, you need to go check out theblaze.com. Uh, the university's leaders have buried the radicalness of programming so they could deny that A&M is practicing DEI. On the other hand, leaders have redoubled their DEI commitments in defiance of an executive order from Governor Greg Abbott and the express will of the Texas legislature banning the use of DEI statements in faculty hiring. Um, they're defying the order. So in other words, they're just going to do it anyway. It's sort of like when they got rid of affirmative action and they made affirmative action illegal in America and these colleges and universities, they just found another way around it. It's just like whenever they said, we're going to take CRT, uh, critical race theory out of the curriculum in certain parts of the country for our kids and their schools. 
they just found another way around it. They couched it in things like social emotional learning. So these people, their games are not just because you pass the law, just because you you know pass legislation, just because you write a letter or you make something uh, you know out there illegal or even tell them we're not going to practice that anymore. They're still going to do it. So they're defying the legislature at Texas A and M. Uh, they're defying the governor's order. Um, yeah, they, they're basically um, they're basically asking candidates for a cover letter when they apply that will contain a pastor planned contribution to advancing diversity. So um, an IT manager must be champion of, quote, workplace diversity and inclusiveness. Um, a senior graduate student specialist must, quote, work to enhance the diversity of the students. Uh, it just goes on and on and on. Now, here's the, here's the problem with that. Here, here is the problem. You already know. You already know the problem with this. And when I start talking, you're going to say, yeah, yeah, we know that. But I want to remind you guys, this is exactly what's going on, for instance, it, uh, across a lot of professional fields out there with, with diversity hires. If your main focus is diversity candidates, you don't care about excellence in the job, in the workplace, in the, in the, in the, you know, in the world of education. You're not caring about pursuing truth. You're just about looking diverse, and it becomes a joke. So now you are producing mediocrity. You're producing subpar performance. You don't have the results that you need to have. Science is no longer science. Math is no longer math. The pilot can no longer fly the plane. People can't even get your damn order straight at McDonald's because, again, they hired you on the basis of something that had literally nothing to do with the with the elements of the job. You know, I, I'm in I'm in. a. Uh, but then you're going to defy you're going to defy governmental legislation and say, we're going to do this anyway. It's so important to us. It's so important for us to pursue mediocrity and subpar performance based on stupid things like skin color or sexual preferences or pronouns or how somebody identifies with a gender. We're going to that means so much to us that we're really willing to literally shit the bed in our academic field of study. We don't care. I mean, imagine obtaining a discipline. Imagine working your ass off your entire life. You pay tens upon tens of thousands of dollars to educate yourself. You want to go to the finest school. Again, I hope that our kids aren't out there picking schools on the basis of what frat they can go to or what the football team does on Saturdays or what the color schemes of the mascots are. I hope that our kids are choosing a field of discipline so they can go to school, not as an extension of high school, but they can go to college to truly discipline themselves in the arts and sciences so that when they come out, they can be a contributor to society. But they're not doing that. And our schools are not encouraging that. Well, let's make sure that we're diverse. Well, what does diverse get me? What does diverse get? Because let me tell you something. Uh, if you, if you, we had Frank Easterling on yesterday. Frank was in the army. Frank was a marine. Frank was in the. It was in the desert out there defusing bombs for our military. Now, Frank is a black man. They did not pick Frank on the basis of his skin color to go out there and defuse bombs. They didn't give a damn about the diversity hire. They didn't care. They wanted to know, was he smart enough? Was he capable enough? Was he bold and brave enough, courageous enough? And with, had the wherewithal to act under pressure to go out there and cut the right freaking wire. It doesn't matter what color your skin is if the bomb blows up and turns you into soup. But they're going to but but it's OK. It's OK because we don't take education seriously in this country anymore. 
We don't take math. We, don't, we know we don't take science. I mean, holy hell, we're rolling, we're rolling Xi Jinping down Main Street in San Francisco, parading communist flags, waving over top of him and celebrating him like he's the second coming of Christ. And, and you know, the landlord has come to inspect the streets of San Francisco, and we're going to roll out the red carpet, literally the red carpet. Uh, forget the fact that the guy unleashed the coronavirus on America and the rest of the world. You were running those these mortality tickers on CNN and Fox and every other damn place. This was the guy. This was the guy. I don't know if you guys know where Wuhan is, but this was the guy. And you know why? We allowed it to happen and continue to pander to it and put up with it rather than opening our eyes and taking our heads out of our asses and actually dealing with it because we didn't believe in science anymore because the discipline has gone to shit. We don't have people who actually do science anymore. They just say, well, just believe the science. Well, the science is based on ideologies now. Well, ideologies like diversity and equity and inclusion. Listen, when it works, I'm all, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to see the black man, the brown man, the red man, the yellow man succeed. I mean, for crying out loud, the most successful people in America, by definition, by statistical definition, have yellow skin. They're Asians. <laughs> they're the most educated. They're the wealthiest. They're the most disciplined. When it comes to fields of study, they're the most disciplined. But we don't point that out, do we? We don't point that. I'd say that's pretty diverse. I'd say that's pretty equitable. Equitable. I'd say that's pretty inclusive. But here we are, because they don't mean Asians. They don't mean Asians when they're talking about this. They're talking about, they don't even mean black people, to be honest with you. Yes, that gets a solid honorable mention. But I don't know if you in the black community understand this or not, but you're no longer in vogue. You're no longer in vogue. It's not cool to have a black friend anymore. Now you got to have a queer. Now you got to have a trans. Now you got to have a bi. Now you got to have a lesbian. Now you got to have, you know, a, an Aunt Connie with cut off hair that looks like she's in the fucking bowling league. This is stupid, guys. This is stupid. And they're going to say, you know what? We don't care what's right for our kids. We don't care what's right for our educational system or academics in this country. We're going to make sure that we look equitable. <laughs> That's why I don't fly on freaking airplanes right now. Because I've seen the results of this. I've seen what it leads to, and it is garbage. I hadn't flown on an airplane in, in a couple of months now because I made a decision. I said, if I can get there by car, if I can get there by truck, get there by bus, I'm going that way. And that is starting to get real freaking limited itself because the whole deal has gone to crap. And you know why transportation in the country has gone to crap? Do you know why? Because of a diversity hire in the Secretary of Transportation by the name of Pete Buttigieg, who's more interested in taking maternity leave and chest feeding his child with his hub husband, Chasen, than he is giving a damn whether you can get across the country. And that's all I got to say about that. It's really not. I could say more, but I've got to go to a break. All right, guys, uh, we know some stuff's going crazy. Communists are being paraded and celebrated in the streets of America right now. I don't know what's coming next. I really don't. But I know that you can't rely on the security of this infrastructure to take care of you anymore. We got to do some stuff, guys. Our future, our families, all of this is up to you to take care of. I want you to act and do something today. And one of the things you can do is make sure you got emergency preparedness food from My Patriot Supply. They are the largest preparedness company uh, in America. They're more than equipped to stock your shelves. 
Get their best-selling three-month emergency food kit, which provides delicious breakfast, lunches, dinners that last up to 25 years in storage. The kits provide over 2,000 calories a day. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, add water, heat, and eat, and it's delicious. Make sure you got a kit for every member of your family. Get the three-month food kit from My Patriot Supply. i got a great website you can go to, preparewithchad.com, preparewithchad.com. If you order any day by 3 p.m., you will get same-day shipping and it will show up fast and discreet on your doorstep get the emergency food when you now get it now don't wait till you need it and it's too late guys preparewithchad.com hang on we'll be right back all right guys i don't know about you but every morning i get up and i want to see what nancy pelosi and chuck schumer had to say Ooh, i just i just live based on a on their opinion of things. It's just such, it's like going to the Oracle, going to the mystic, climbing up into the mountain and, and finding that guru who can tell you about life. Um, here's what Chuck Schumer had to say on the January 7th Israel attack, play clip number one. So the minute I heard of what happened in January 7th, I knew I had to go to Israel. Yeah, he had to go. <laughs> That's what he had to do. He had to go. To Israel, um, it, it, Chuck is about to be in no man's land here because uh, his constituents, the people that put him there consistently, are going to people going to be the people by and large, a lot of them, who uh, are not going to like his his idea of uh, going to Israel and and his pro-Israeli stance. Um, not going to. Um, I want you to tune in. I want you to tune in to my overtime this week because we're going to talk a little bit about the history of Israel and, and Palestine, Israel and Hamas a little bit. Not a long one. I just want to give you about 10 minutes, you know, maybe five to 10 minutes on, on just a brief synopsis of where this comes from. And I promise you, it's not what Chuck Schumer is thinking. And it's not what the people marching out in the streets on either side are thinking right now. Uh, so I want you to tune in. you got to be a subscriber to Blaze TV. Nancy Pelosi, oh, she had this to say about Joe uh, uh, Sippy Cup Biden. Uh, he's so many achievements. Play clip number two. And there has to be some more clarity in people understanding all that this president did, whether it's mm. about the economy, the environment, cost of prescription drugs. The list goes on and on. And uh, th that message has to be out there, too, as evidence of what more needs to be done? And he proves that he can get it done. I'm telling you, we need to get that message out there. All the things that this president has done, all the things that this president has accomplished, hit the economy, climate change. What's he done for climate change? Now, it's amazing to me. She mentions the, the economy. Um, you know, I, just yesterday I uh, took to Twitter at watch chat and I retweeted. Yes, I retweeted the president. Uh, because because Joe Biden said at Joe Biden, uh, Joe Biden said, my predecessor and much of the MAGA Republican Party still deny that climate change is a problem. Anyone who willfully denies the impact of climate change is condemning the American people to a very dangerous future. You know, my response to the president was this. And when I retweeted it, I had this quote. I said, with inflation at record highs, illegal immigration out of control, all time high numbers of violent crimes and a war going on, Joe thinks the best thing to do is to worry about what he thinks the temperature might be in 10,000 years. Now, again, that's with my tongue in cheek, but I think you can understand the point with humor that I'm trying to get across to you. 
illegal immigration, out of control. There's an achievement. Let's talk about that, Nashi. What about the inflation? What about the economy? What has he done that's so great for the economy when people can't afford gas, their credit cards, which they're having to use to buy groceries, uh, are, are charging them 33% interest. People are having to pay 31% of their annual income just to mortgage a home. People can't even get a home loan because interest rates are through the roof. We're at $33.5 trillion in debt. Every person that's born is immediately $100,000 in debt in this country. Tell me, please, Nancy, about that economy, which is so absolutely great. I I don't understand where it's coming from. We're at an all-time high for violent crimes. You don't believe me? Do what I said in the last segment. Please take President Xi Jinping down down to Bayview. Uh, take take him down to some of those neighborhoods. There's there's seven, eight, nine neighborhoods in the San Francisco area that I promise you they will not be going to. They will not be going to those neighborhoods at nine or ten o'clock tonight. They won't do it. When's he going to make a visit to Chicago? When's he going to go? Why don't you take him? I tell you what, do. Tell you what, dude, why don't you take him to New York City where there's 65,000 illegal immigrants living on the streets and in our hotels being dis- who are also displacing veterans? Oh, let's go out there and send him and show him what we're how we just have such a wide open accepting policy of these illegals that have come across our border and border in places like uh, New York City. Let's I'm sure he would be completely impressed with that. Um we're we're you know we're about to be facing a three front war possibly one with China. Uh, we got Iran on the cusp. We've got Israel. We've got Hamas. We've got Ukraine. We've got Russia. And there's Joe still falling down the stairs. So Nancy, I don't quite agree with your assessment of how wonderful Joe is doing. And I'll tell you what. While we're on the while we're on the topic of people, I'm just sick to death of. Nikki Haley, who, of course, is still in the running as a presidential candidate on the Republican Party. Um, Here's what she had to say regarding social media. Uh, Play clip number three. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's, first of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, all of a sudden people have to stand by what they say and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots and the Chinese bots. And then you're gonna get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family members gonna see it. It's gonna help our kids and it's gonna help our country. Now, while I am a fan of the idea of knowing that when I'm talking to something or someone online, that it is an actual human being, and I am sick to death of the trolls who operate under a fake name and and some kind of made-up pseudonym um, or a fake avatar picture, this is a slippery slope. you got to be careful with this because, again, how far does this go down that rabbit hole of starting to determine who's real and who's not and what accounts should be verified? So that's a very careful it's a very careful thing because let me just tell you most people aren't going to go with that they're just not they're not going to go that route and if you don't think in this age of AI they can't find a way around that it's a it's a slippery deal but uh, play go ahead let's finish up that uh, play clip number four guys they need to verify every single person on their outlet because and I want it by name because when what about you, smug does he because he qualify I, i've provided them with my government if, if, <laughs> if smug is on your driver's license then and look you can put smug in parentheses but i want everybody's name
Yeah. So a perfect example right there, because I don't think 50 Cent is going to like that. I don't think Common is going to like that. I don't think Eminem is going to like that. Um, you know, Cher, is Cher going to do it? I, again, Madonna, Oprah. <laughs> you see where I'm going with that. After a little while, uh, you know, after a little while, people are going to they're not going to go with that route. But again, but again, I would love to clean up the Internet. That would be fantastic. I just don't think it's going to happen. I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, let's talk. I mean, can we please talk about uh, not the people who are online as much as let's talk about the people who are in our country, Nikki, the people who shouldn't be here, the people who are voting without an ID, the people who are voting without registering, the people who are voting who aren't even alive anymore. Can we talk about identifying those people before we worry about the Internet trolls? Could we worry about the people who are in New York City, in Chicago, around this country? Uh, who are living here without permission, without true asylum, without a legal entry into this country. Let's talk about that. Uh, but no, let's let's worry about, uh, you know, who's trolling who on Facebook. Oh, guys, uh, Hollywood is lacking when it comes to stories of redemption. We know that. And I want to introduce you to an opportunity to see and own uh, the movie The Blind, which is the true story of the Robertson family. You guys know Phil Robertson. Uh, he's our buddy. He's a he's a host here on The Blaze, and he's just a, an incredible man. Great family. You guys got to know many of them through the Duck Dynasty series, but there's so much more to that story. It's a story of redemption, a story of some, of a man who made a mess of his life, made a mess of his family, but uh, but found redemption through it all, and and just an incredible journey in the life of Phil Robertson. It's an intimate look into who he is and what he came from, and I want you guys to own it and be able to share it with others who may be struggling in much the same way. You can own it through The Blaze. You can go to... Um you can go to blazetv.com slash the blind. You can get it for $19.99. That's blazetv.com slash the blind. Hang tight. We'll be right back. You know, one of the uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about yesterday, and I alluded to it um, uh, in um, in one of the episodes already this week about uh, Joe Biden's granddaughter getting carjacked. And of course, <laughs> lucky them found one that was uh, guarded by a secret service detail and they opened fire on them. It didn't hit a damn thing, but uh, uh, they asked Corrine Jean-Pierre uh, about Joe Biden. And was he concerned that crime got this close to his family? Play clip number eight. Is the president concerned that city crime could get this close to his family? Look, I'm not going to uh, speak to uh, speak to um, uh, the incident. That's something for Secret Service to speak to. I'm not going to talk about it from here. I spoke to uh, the crime more broadly and what the president has done since almost day one of his administration, starting with the, the, his first piece of legislation that he signed into law, with this, which is the American Rescue Plan. You know, Brandon, I'd love to get your take on this, uh, because you know, my question is, when they ask, is he concerned that crime got too close to this family? But my first thing is, is not the violent aspect of crime like that. And God forbid anything happened to his granddaughter. But but how much crime has already been close to the Biden family <laughs> over the years? Yeah, that's what um, I thought. Obviously, they've. When They've they, all obviously been okay with it. Yeah, when they ask that question, that's actually the way I thought they might accidentally answer it when they phrased it that way. <laughs> but uh, I think he's pretty comfortable with crime close to his family, judging off the record. Yeah, 
Uh-huh. They finally released. They finally released um, an image of the little bag of cocaine. Mm-hmm. Uh, that popped off yesterday. The little bag of cocaine. They actually showed which cubby it was in, and they still say they can't identify whose it was. Now it was in cubby number fifty. So there's a little locker, got a key. They say the key is still missing. They still don't have possession of the key to the locker, but they I guarantee you they know who they leased that locker to for a Fourth of July party. They have a name on record of who they gave the key to, because I don't know. I mean, when I go to the library to check out a book, historically, they like to know who they're giving their book to. When I go... um, you know, when when I join the gym and walk in there, I usually have to scan a card or a code so they know that I'm on the premises using their facility. I would say the White House probably has a clue who was in cubby number 50. And they, they showed the little baggie of cocaine. You know what it looked like? It looked like a little baggie of cocaine. I mean, that's that's real investigative research <laughs> right there. They showed. Now, again, they, they can they can they can. Uh, it was a little plastic baggie. They can fingerprint that. I don't know if the American public knows that or not. They can fingerprint that. And anytime I've ever had a little baggie of cocaine or anything else in my possession, I tend to use my fingers to open it up. (laughs) So I would say the Biden family is Joe Biden's probably a little bit accustomed to having some crime close to his family, especially, you know, it's like if we had a laptop with a hard drive that had a dude doing blow out of a stripper's rear end, we might could put two and two together and figure out who that little bag of cocaine belonged to, Hunter. So, you know, whether it's smoking crack or, um, you know, buying $10,000 a night hookers or, you know, embezzling funds from, or laundering money in Ukraine to taking bribes from uh, all these other nefarious entities around the globe. I would say that Joe Biden's reasonably accustomed to having crime very, very close to his family. Uh, where's the Republican Congress? I wonder. Oh, they're out fundraising on all of these things. So whew, nothing's going to come to an end anytime soon in regards to that. Uh, let's back up a little bit. Elon Omar, she's another one. When I get out of bed and have my coffee, I want to hear what the hell she's got to say. Uh, sometimes the turban is wrapped a little too tight on this one. Here's what she had to say about faith leaders and violence. Play clip number six. Something fascinating and bizarre um, in the fact that there are people who seem to be upset that there are rabbis and people, other people of faith out here asking for ceasefire. And it's, it's bizarre because you would assume that if you are a religious leader, if you are a faith leader, that your number one priority would be to look into your faith, into the teachings of your faith, and to say, I oppose violence. Mm. Well, first of all, she seems very high right there. Um, I don't know, Brandon. You, you got a thought on that? I mean, she seems like she might have yeah. took a little pop off the bong. A little bit of a slur. She got, a little slur there, right? A little bit of a slur. Yeah. A little slur. Very subdued. Uh, not the same passion she had when she was on the floor of Congress defending Rashida Tlaib and talking about a Palestinian American who was defending Palestine. Uh, yeah. 
Here's the thing, uh, Elon. Here's the thing. We have actually researched your religion, and we have found that it actually advocates for violence. And the religious leaders, especially the extreme ones in that religion, not only promote that violence, but even the more moderate ones in that religion still refuse to condemn it when it happens. Now, they might not be out there vocally promoting it, these these moderate Muslim faith leaders, but they don't condemn it when it happens. So as soon as that starts happening, maybe we'll take a look at your rhetoric and start believing the words that are coming out of your mouth. Because at this point, I simply don't. I don't care how eloquent you think you sound in your state of euphoria after popping off a couple of THC buds. But uh, I'm not buying it at this point. And you would think she would have a little more passion in her voice about this, but she doesn't. Because again, like most moderate Muslims, they don't have passion when it comes to speaking out against violence. Now, you, you could say that's what she was doing. No passion there. No passion. Because, again, when it comes to that, it's very subdued. Their rhetoric is always very subdued when it talks about opposing violence. They don't oppose. By the way, calling for a ceasefire, calling for opposing violence, she is not opposing violence towards Israel. Let's be very clear. She does not oppose that violence. And if you pressed her on that, I promise you, you're not going to see her say anything close to that type of rhetoric in, in what she's saying right there. Uh, real quick, play clip number seven, please. And I've heard what was said here this evening before. That Mr. by Fire me Alarm. calling for a ceasefire with my colleagues and centering humanity, I am uplifting deeply what it actually means to be Jewish. Because I'm centering the way in which God wants us to live with each other. So... I feel grateful to be standing here. Boy, that guy, there's a lot of Old Testament he has not read. <laughs> you know, that whole eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth thing? That's very Jewish. That's very Jewish. Um, you know, thou shalt not murder, which is, of course, a commandment. Thou shalt not kill the actual Hebrew word, thou shalt not murder. That's in there. But again, we're not talking about murder. We're talking about vengeance. We're talking about war. We're talking about uh, retaliation. Um, yeah. So, Jamal Bowman, you, you, the guy that was the school principal that can't identify what a fire alarm is on the side of a building's wall, and he goes and pulls it after pulling down the emergency exit sign so that, anyway, he can delay a vote. I'm not going to take your rhetoric too strong either, because you tend to misinterpret the signs, brother. So, anyway. All right, we're not done. A couple of announcements, huge announcements I want to make. Uh, hang tight, folks. We're not done. We'll be right back. All right, guys, thanks for joining the show. Um, and I tell you, um, check us out tomorrow night. I'm going to rant and rave some more on Thursday, maybe get off the rails a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. But, um, you know, guys, we're living in a crazy world. I don't I don't know what's happening anymore in terms of, of this place we call America. There seems to be no more pride. There seems to be uh, no more, um, you know, national just just fervor for being who we are as American people. We do have an American culture. There is an American culture that people are supposed to 
come to this country, be a part of and assimilate and embrace, but it's not happening anymore. And now we're actually apologizing for it. We're pandering to others. We're, we're, we're denying it. We're hiding it. We're like, we're trying to put our patriotism in the closet, put it in the dark. We don't want the light shined on it anymore. We've got something to be proud of here in this country. We really do. We've accomplished a lot. It's the greatest idea that's ever existed in human existence. And, and you know, uh, this country, I believe, is the greatest country that's ever been in, in the history of, of humanity. So I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm very thankful for it. I'm going to continue to defend it. And you can call me hate-filled or you can use whatever rhetoric you want to use to call me all the names you want to call me. But I'm telling you, I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud of who we are historically. I'm not excited about this government. I'm not excited about where we're headed as an ideology. And because we be, we're taking our absolutes and we are betraying them with people's feelings. And there's no more common sense in that. None whatsoever. And our founding fathers should be disappointed. Hey, tomorrow night I'm in Tomball, Texas at District 249. Then Saturday night in Marble Falls. Tons of dates coming up. Watchchad.com is where all the fun stuff is. Come hang out with me. Check it out. And uh, chatonblaze.com. we got a surprise for you there. We'll see you tomorrow. Love you. God bless you. Bye. Bye.